Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Tonaguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. Joining me today on Calgary's podcast is Dr. Alan Davidoff, who is founder and CEO of Zortex. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, my pleasure, Mario. Thank you for the invitation and the opportunity to chat with your listeners. Well, let me just start by asking, uh, uh, Doctor, can you talk a little bit about Zortex, what it is and what you guys do? <clears throat> yeah, my pleasure. Uh, we're a company that was founded in uh, 2013. Our focus uh, over the course of time has been to develop therapies in the kidney disease space. Uh, for for your listeners, many people don't really really realize that they have kidney disease. It affects about one in seven folks, but because there are a few si symptoms, it's rarely diagnosed until it's in its middle stages. So. For us, we recognized in the 2013 period and, and on an ongoing basis that there are very few therapeutic options for individuals with progressing kidney disease. And having delved into the research and the evidence, we, we realized that uh, one of the accelerating factors seems to be high uric acid and overexpression of an enzyme that creates it. And so we've developed tools to be able to inhibit the, that enzyme and its role in injuring the kidney over time. So uh -huh. very focused on developing kidney therapies, not only in polycystic kidney disease, but in diabetic nephropathy, diabetic kidney disease, which accounts for about half of all individuals with kidney disease. Tell me what the, the name signifies. Well, the name is an acronym. Um, it, it sounds a little bit like Xerox, yeah. uh, but it's an acronym um, that really is an homage to the fact that the xanthine oxidase enzyme can harm organs and specifically the kidney. So the, the, the acronym stands for xanthine oxidase reducing technologies. Ah. So we're very focused on inhibiting that enzyme to protect individuals and slow the progression of their kidney disease. Okay, tell me how you got involved in this um, and the history behind that. <clears throat> uh, well, without going back uh, 50 plus years, <laughs> I, <clears throat> my PhD is in cardiovascular physiology and specifically heart failure. Uh, cardiovascular physiology includes the, the blood vessels and arteries and veins and the heart and the kidney. And uh, while my PhD really focused on congestive heart failure, my very first industry job was with a company called Cardiome uh, in Vancouver. At that time, <clears throat> the team was developing therapies for arrhythmia. The, that therapy is now marketed across Europe. But we were also developing oxypurinol as a replacement for individuals who can't tolerate allopurinol. Oh. Um, that was developed and submitted to the FDA and led to an approvable letter for that use in replacing allopurinol. Um, <clears throat> but for business reasons, that, that program was um, mothballed. I left uh, after a couple years at Cardiome and started uh, another company with colleagues from Cardiome 
uh, here in in uh, Calgary, Stem Cell Therapeutics, and was the chief scientific officer for about seven years. Um, left in 2012, and then the opportunity arose uh, to be an executive in residence at the University of Florida in Gainesville. And um, half a dozen or so portfolios were handed to me, and I was diligently writing business uh, proposals at that time and happened to come across one that was based on new discoveries, discoveries that when uric acid is high or when xanthine oxidase is overexpressed, so too much of that protein uh, in disease, there was a disease axis that was created that drove weight gain, uh, high blood pressure, insulin resistance, the symptoms of pre-diabetes and diabetes and the health consequences of diabetes. And so there was an opportunity uh, to start the company with uh, this colleague that I consulted with and think very highly of and, and start looking at ways to uh, reformulate the oxypyranol drug, which I had worked on uh, at Cardio in a way that would be beneficial, deliver, deliver the drug in a better way, allow us to dose across the full therapeutic range and really work on slowing the progression of kidney disease. And so that's kind of the impetus, the, mm. the starting points. In some ways, it's a full circle, close on my, in, my first industry job, but is underpinned by a lot of e-discoveries and patents. Yeah. So tell me, uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, setting up uh, uh, Zortex as a company, like what were some of the key challenges uh, you faced in uh, in that kind of the business uh, side of things? Right. Well, I, I think uh, for an entrepreneur, anytime you um, you start a company, you, you really need to make a, you know a commitment that that's unwavering. <clears throat> you know there there are. Um, many aspects of of developing a business and especially a pharmaceutical business that include you know legal considerations and finance and fundraising and building a scientific team and really driving a methodical stepwise process as as a trained scientist uh who had some ex business and industry experience uh starting my own company with colleagues who did have some business experience really forced you to jump on a steep learning curve and swim as fast as you can forward. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, we have, uh, we had developed very good contacts with, uh, bio Alberta with, uh, legal counsel and security counsel. And uh, of course, our scientific team, which is largely based on individuals who I worked with in my first indi industry job at Cardium, came together in a way that allows us to take small steps that were really uh, bite-sized while we raised money and raised awareness and, and yeah. uh, reached out not only to the private financing markets and, and angel investors, but uh, in 2018, we did a reverse takeover of a company that was a gold mining shell, APAC, and that led us to the public markets. So we've been in the public markets since 2018. NASDAQ listed in 20, in uh, October of 2021, 
And since that time, uh, our Toronto exchange listing, our German um, Frankfurt Bourse listing, and the NASDAQ listing are really key to liquidity, to raising funds, to mm. raising awareness, and and you know ultimately working with partners who who we hope will be key drivers of our technology from where we are today into the future. So setting up a business that is uh, in the in the medical field, uh, the pharmaceutical uh, field, how different is it than setting up uh, a normal <laughs> normal uh, business? Uh, there are more intricacies and more things uh, loop not loopholes, but hoops and uh, and uh, that you have to go through uh, to get set up. Yeah, I mean, I think the the key considerations. Um, so, if you take a norm, so called normal business um, uh, that might be retail focused, there are aspects of uh, medical privacy, of public markets, um, fair disclosure rules. Um, certainly, the links to uh, the specialized folks that provide services, whether they're manufacturing of the drug or manufacturing of formulations or packaging of drugs or uh, regulatory filings or clinical trial filings, those aspects are very unique to uh, either the nutraceutical business, but more rigorous with respect to the pharmaceutical business. And, and so one needs to embrace those those skills and, and their breadth, because um, when you look to a team that can that can make those contacts or has those contacts to take the step you need at any given development pace, um, in a place like Calgary where there isn't a well-established pharmaceutical industry, yeah, uh, you nearly near you really need to rely on your national and international contacts and their contacts as well. So, uh, you know, relationship building in what is really a global industry, because we look around the globe for uh, the best of services that we can that we can possibly um, organize. Mm. Uh, you know, contacts and relationships really are yeah. the key, absolutely the key to success. So I'm just and being sovereign enough to succeed. <laughs> always right. Yeah. So I'm curious now, like, like, do you consider yourself more now of a businessman, or you still got that uh, the the medical uh, side of you and the science side of you as well? Uh, like, how do you uh, mesh the two and what you do there on a day to day basis? I guess. Yeah, great question. I, you know, I think um, ever since I was a small child, uh, I would I would grab a puzzle and not stop until I solved it. Ah. And and I don't I don't have the ability to turn off the scientist in me, but <laughs> I would say my day job is ninety percent public relations and uh, much more business focused than I imagined, but. Yeah. You know that's the evolution of a scientist to a scientist entrepreneur. So, my day job is entrepreneur. My my job until midnight, and probably every time I wake up at four a.m. Uh, is scientist. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you can't really turn it off at uh, much. 
it seemed to have, this is part of uh, part of your life almost every second of the day it seems uh i i often wake up solving problems <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. is it, that, where do you um where do you think that comes from i'm, I'm just curious because you know, I uh, often ask people of uh, you know where do they get their ideas, and you know, and and you know, many people talk about you know like going for, they're going for a walk and something pops into their head or whatever. Where do your ideas for the company come from? Well, you know, I I, I really have to give credit to some fantastic mentors and colleagues. Uh, I, I tend to be. Um, engaged with folks on what they you know what they see in the in the market in science in um, various disciplines that we need to to move our products forward and and so i've been the benefactor of a lot of very solid constructive well-informed thinking and and i reach out for it on a frequent basis um i like the solutions side of science and problem solving and so novel ideas are often the food for thinking about how they apply to what we're doing and mm. and discoveries from all sorts of fields become uh part of the process really trying to assimilate what what we see and what we learn and science science has this wonderful aspect of of never being stable and never being sure and always advancing and so as new technologies mm. or new ways of looking at uh problems arise integrating them into what we do and writing patents in the area to accommodate for those new discoveries or new pieces of information is really a big part of the process and and you know mm. i have i have a fantastic team i have uh very experienced colleagues and a wonderful board with the company and so i i have a a room full of sounding boards <laughs> at my disposal and so uh, some of my uh, some of the company's ideas are original but many are really the product of a fantastic board and fantastic development team research and development but also finance and corporate as well okay then now, um, uh, you know, as you look forward, uh, you know, what are the plans uh, for the company and uh, what, what are you uh, looking to do with it? Yeah, we have had, uh, we've had a very busy 18 months as uh, anyone who cares to read our, our news release uh, portfolio uh, would be concerned. Um, we have... Uh, taken a lot of steps and put a lot of work into reformulating the oxypurinol molecule. There are, there are real benefits from that. This is a molecule that has a, a very well-established uh, profile as clinically safe. We know it works well for inhibiting the xanthine oxidase enzyme. And so as we reformulated it and did those studies and more recently used uh, both the pharmacokinetic bridging studies that we completed last year for this formulation, but the basic science to gain our orphan drug designation. And um, as of this Monday, speak with the FDA about an accelerated approval pathway. I think we're well positioned to kick off a phase three trial. It looks like we can 
conduct a, a trial that's uh, perhaps nine months of recruiting and a year of treatment and look at the end, end results from that phase three trial uh, as possibly slowing the expansion of kidneys in polycystic kidney disease, which is our lead area of drug development, um, but perhaps demonstrate the slowing of uh, decline of filtration. Either one of those endpoints would be clean, clinically meaningful to a patient with polycystic kidney disease. And so uh, starting that phase three trial is really a key part of our activities. Um, we anticipate because we're at the very latest stages and, and potentially are uh, two years, two and a half years away from marketing approval, so revenue for the company, uh, that, that some of the discussions we have ongoing may lead to partnership deals that, that substantially allow us to move this program forward. But um, we know from our, our recent discoveries that, that are partly disclosed that the xanthine oxidase enzyme is uh, a significant player in diabetes and diabetic kidney disease. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, a partnership would allow us to expand our activities and accelerate them in a way that would be very meaningful for the company. Okay, well, I, patients, of course. Mm -hmm. I was going to, I want to ask you a couple of personal stuff. I'm just curious. Um, you probably didn't uh, want to be like a, a doctor from, uh, from the get go as, as a young kid. What did you want to do as a, as a kid? <laughs> Well, I'm sorry to be contrary, but I, I actually, in high school, started out uh, thinking that I would be a dentist. Oh, really? Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I don't know. That seems weird when I say it out loud, but, but <laughs> that, that was the initial intent. But uh, yeah, it, uh, I, I, I love the idea of being helpful to people and finding solutions for people. And so I, I, I hate to say that I'm on an... Yeah, inescapable path, but at some sometimes it does seem like fate. Yeah. Yeah. So, what yeah. do you do, uh, 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 Alan? What do you do uh, uh, to kind of relax? I, I, you know, obviously the business part of it and uh, is uh, very time consuming uh, for anybody that runs a business. Uh, what are your uh, interests, passions, hobbies uh, that take you away from work? Yeah, well, I mean, family, family, of course, is is paramount. I think, um, you know, organizing and doing family activities is is key uh, for for my wife and I getting out and cycling is great. Uh, we ski uh, when we can. And, uh, you know, the the Calgary is notable for the fact that it has one of the best uh, trout fisheries in yeah. the world. And uh, you probably tell by the sunburn on my nose, I had a nice weekend on the river. So yeah, outside as much as uh, uh, as can be arranged. Catch anything? Uh, a couple of very nice brown trout and a couple <laughs> medium-sized rainbows. So yeah, it was a good good afternoon. So are you one of those guys I see sometimes uh, along the river that is actually walks out into the river uh, at certain spots where it's shallow? I, I do. Yes, absolutely. I uh, I also have a drift boat. And so oh. um, my my wife and my brothers and uh, 
a variety of friends go out on occasion to uh, to drift the river. So I'm, I'm probably the guy in the middle rather than the guy on the edge. But uh, <laughs> it's been a very busy spring. The river is, uh, I would say, you know, 20, 30 fishermen per kilometer. So oh, wow. why do you like why do you like fishing so much? Uh, you know, I, I I get skunked frequently, and so I I the, the honest answer is the the peace and tranquility on the river, and especially downstream of the city. You know, it's largely undeveloped; it's highly undiscovered. Yeah, and even if you get skunked and have a picnic, <laughs> it's just a wonderful place to uh, depressurize and and enjoy a day. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thanks very much, Alan, for uh, joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure, Mario. And thank you again for the invitation. All right. That was Dr. Alan Davidoff, who is founder and CEO of Zortex, uh, based in Calgary. I'm Mario Tonaguzzi, managing editor of Canada's podcast. This has been Calgary's podcast. Thanks for joining us today.